Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Well, welcome everybody. I'm so glad we're here together again for worship. As Pastor Scott just shared with you a moment ago, my name is Chris and I'm our church's outreach pastor. And to those who are watching online today, as always, thank you so much for being a part of our Coastal family. We wanna invite you and encourage you throughout the service today to engage with us in the chat. We simply wanna hear from you today. Now, um, before I even get started, I kinda just wanna take a few moments to echo what Pastor Scott shared when he was up here. I just want to publicly thank you, church. I wanna thank you for an impactful and memorable summer of impact. Our church working together side by side completed nearly 50 projects over the course of several, uh, over 30 days. Our project leaders worked to ensure that all of our projects were well, well organized, serving opportunities all month long. And I just wanna say to our volunteers of those 45 projects, the absolute heroes of our church, you showed up in force for every single project with a give the Lord his glory attitude and I'm just confident that the seeds that were sown all month long have made an eternal impact in the lives of people all over Charleston. And as we've been saying over and over again, this summer of impact has indeed been one for the books. So thank you. So we're in this series at the movies and it goes without saying it is a summer sermon series tradition and indeed a favorite at our church. And as a reminder, perhaps to someone who might be here for, you know, the first or second time, we just want to say that we're not necessarily preaching from the movies themselves, but we've been using these movies in this series kind of as a hook for deeper spiritual truths as found in God's word. And today, as you saw with the trailer today, we're exploring the movie Greyhound, which was released back in the summer of 2020. And if you remember the big thing that was happening back in 2020? Exactly, it was the height of the COVID pandemic and in response to the pandemic, Hollywood had made this shift to online feature films due to closings and shutdowns of theaters and cinemas worldwide. And today, you can catch the movie Greyhound on Apple TV Plus's lineup. So about the movie, if you haven't seen it, I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know, it is a really good one. And Tom Hanks stars as United States Naval Commander Ernest Krauss, and he was a career officer who was giving his very first command of a naval destroyer, the USS Keeling, with his mission call sign and namesake for the movie, Greyhound. The movie introduces Krauss as this newly promoted officer tasked with leading his very first transatlantic convoy of 37 Allied ships across the icy northern Atlantic in the winter of 1942. And Krauss must protect his fleet from Nazi U-boats over a five-day period without any air cover at all in this area of the Atlantic known as the Black Pit. Now, an interesting side note, and I think it's totally worth noting is because we're mentioning this movie today, is that World War II historians have regarded this section of U.S. history as the Battle of the Atlantic. And it was this nonstop cat and mouse game between Allied ships and German U-boats that spanned literally the entirety of the war and cost thousands and thousands of lives. Now it goes without saying, Hollywood has produced a number of great films about the ground wars of Europe during World War II, but there has been noticeably less about what happened on the Atlantic Ocean during a war where over 3,500 ships were sunk with millions of tons of cargo 
and over 72,000 lives lost. And whereas this film is actually inspired, if you will, by actual events, Tom Hanks adapts C.S. Forrester's 1955 novel, The Good Shepherd, for the screenplay of the movie Greyhound. Now, having seen the trailer and having been given this introduction, some of you might be wondering, why another war movie? I mean, after all, just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Chris springboarded the Father's Day message with the movie Saving Private Ryan. Well, if you remember, the theme of this year's At The Movie series is movies with a message. And where all of us might view this movie and maybe even come up with a different message or even maybe multiple variations of the same message, there is this inherent truth that faces us all. And that being regardless if you are a believer in Christ or you're here today and you'd say you are not. Regardless if you are brand new to the faith or you've been walking with Jesus for decades, this, is, this truth is, and we need to be reminded of it more often than we do, and that is you and I, we're in a fight. And this destruction potential and long-lasting implications of this fight that we admittedly don't spend enough time talking about makes the movie Greyhound as we just saw in the trailer with its torpedo launchings, its sinking of massive ships, the explosive death charges, and the insurmountable death toll as depicted in the film seem like little more than a kid's movie. Now, when we think of the ideas associated with battle, we often associate them with some far and distant place. And likewise, when we consider the, the bloody battles of conflict, we also correlate it with people and nations that are different than ourselves. And that's what makes this battle all the more dangerous because there is this tendency to go through our lives oblivious to the damage that's being done, oblivious to how this battle affects us and our families, oblivious to how this battle affects our church and our community. And the casualties of this war are stacking higher and higher, hurting, grieving, shell-shocked, and spiritually traumatized people seemingly everywhere we look. It's as if we're losing ground and taking on damage from the shelling and torpedoes of our enemy. And as Captain Krauss repeatedly called his crew to general orders in the movie Greyhound, which is the naval command to man your battle stations because the enemy is in the area and an attack is indeed intimate, so many Christians aren't on the guns. In fact, they're asleep in the bunks down in the lower deck, but then at the same time, they're wondering why they're taking on water and why the flames are so hot. So then what lessons can we learn using God's word and the movie Greyhound as a springboard? Well, the first lesson is this, and that is life is a battle of epic proportions with significant eternal impact. Interestingly, Greyhound opens with the words of Prime Minister Winston Churchill as he utters these chilling words. Twice in a single generation, the catastrophe of world war has fallen upon us. Twice in our lifetime has the long arm of fate reached out across the oceans to bring the United States into the forefront of battle. Now, whereas the quote holds true in the context in which it was said, the reality is universal epic warfare has indeed been raging since the beginning of time. We have been and we will continue to be, you and I, in a state of spiritual warfare until one of two things happens. One, we pass away, 
leaving this life behind, if we are believers in Jesus, into the glory of God in heaven, or two, when Christ returns to claim his bride and to judge the believing and unbelieving world. Listen to Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse three says, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Again, you and I, we are in a fight and no one is exempt. Even Jesus himself, the son of God, would find himself entrenched and deep in spiritual warfare. Let's look at Matthew chapter four, beginning in verse one, it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry and the tempter came and said to him, Now, we'll talk about this conversation between Satan and the Son of God in a moment, but what I want you to notice here in these early passages is that even before beginning his earthly ministry, before the miraculous healings, before Jesus would begin the raising of the dead, before he would feed the multitudes, even before calling his disciples, Jesus would find himself, like us, entrenched in battle. His life wasn't exempt from warfare, and it likewise had significant eternal implications. And the truth is, our lives are no exception. In fact, although you may not be able to see it, warfare is indeed occurring in your backyard right now at this very moment. War that is raging for our souls, the souls of our children and our grandchildren, even as I speak. Forces of darkness, although unseen, are on the move, working to wreak havoc on your life, on your family, on your careers, on your physical and mental well-being. Havoc on your relationships, your finances, and more. The reality is, everything about you is up for grabs. Now, in the spirit of movies, because we're in this series at the movies, do you happen to remember the movie 300? Do you happen to remember then this line from Leonidas when he gives these final battle instructions to his soldiers as they're getting ready to engage in combat? He grits his teeth and looks over his shoulder and says, give them nothing but take everything from them. Again, it's just a line from a movie. But I think the line from this movie in the spirit of the series that we're in gives us a really good look at what the mindset of this enemy is that we are facing. Revelations chapter 12, verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And a very familiar passage of scripture, 1 Peter 5, eight and nine says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Captain Ernie Krauss found himself deep in the heart of battle, totally inexperienced for the battle he was facing against an enemy that he could not see lurking in the icy depths of the Atlantic. An enemy that was completely resolved in destroying him, his crew, and the lives of those that were entrusted to his command. 
And the same thing holds true for every single soul on this planet, both believing and unbelieving. We must remember, church, that there exists this enemy that's circling the battle space, waiting for an opportunity in which to strike. And when he does, if we are not vigilant in the spiritual sense, the consequences can be, and have proven to be in the past, to be devastating. Again, the first lesson that we can take away is that life is a battle of epic proportions with significant eternal impact. And the second lesson is this. Christian character is absolutely <clears throat> excuse me, vital to win <clears throat> the battles of life. Now, thinking back to the movie Greyhound, Krauss is a straight-laced, Bible-believing captain who isn't embarrassed by his faith. The film's opening scene shows him on his knees beside his bunk praying for guidance. He prays, dear Lord, let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe may have no power over me. Twice in the film, the camera pans to an image of his mirror in his quarters on the ship and affixed to that mirror is a card that he assumably sees and reads multiple times a day and it comes from Hebrews chapter 13 and verse eight that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even in the middle of the Northern Atlantic, being hunted by a pack of six German U-boats, Krauss relies on his faith to endure the battles in which he was facing. In fact, even during an intense moment in battle, again, he references scripture coming from Proverbs chapter three and verse six that says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Notably, Krauss's faith is portrayed in this movie as a character strength that gives him both peace and wisdom in the midst of chaos. And although it was Krauss's first crossing of the Atlantic, creating some very questionable looks from the sailors he was leading, he acknowledged that he ultimately not only faces a military foe, but a spiritual one. And it is his Christian character that allows him to decisively engage them both. Now, I want us to go back now to Matthew chapter 4. Uh, and remember, just a moment ago, what we just read, uh, Jesus, before his earthly ministry would begin, we talked about and shared it, he had this intense 40-day period of, of fasting and battle. And he finds himself entrenched and engaged with Satan. Satan firing the very first shots at him, if you will, beginning in Matthew 4, verse 3. Satan says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will bow down or fall down, I should say, and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, if you remember a recent sermon series, we talked about Jesus's role within the Trinity. And one of the points I had the opportunity to make was that he, Jesus, relates to us. And in relating to us, Jesus models for us how we are to fight the spiritual battles. Now, make no mistakes, Jesus could have dealt with Satan in a number of different ways. After all, he is the son of God. He could have easily overpowered him. He could have called down legions upon legions of angels to dispatch Satan right there on the spot. But what he chose to do was to model for us the way we should engage the spiritual battles we face, the temptations that will ultimately come our way. 
to overcome the idea of surrendering to an enemy that we cannot see, an enemy who never takes a break and is always looking for an opportunity to sink us. Jesus fought the battles, and he models for us that we are to face the enemy the way he did, with his word. Now, thinking about Jesus in this battle between himself and the enemy, he also demonstrates for us what Christian character ultimately looks like. After all, as we just read in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is tired. He's hungry. He's both physically and spiritually weakened after 40 long days and nights. And although the spirit led him to this place of battle, we see right away that Jesus was indeed on the guns. He, as we read in the passage there, three volleys from the enemy and what follows are three counter strikes from Jesus. Coastal, Jesus deploys for us a demonstration, the most powerful weapon in the arsenal. Jesus fires what is what we can easily say in the spirit of this movie, a triple salvo in saying, it is written. Look again at your outline where he says in verse four, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is quoting scripture from the Old Testament, the words of Moses. And I want you to notice the words of Jesus and even see if you can pick up on them in Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse three where it says, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but, by, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus also said to Satan, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Jesus is quoting Old Testament scripture. Deuteronomy chapter six and verse 16, it says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. Now Massa, as a quick point of clarification, is a biblical term, not necessarily a geographical location, but is a place that is known as a place of trial and temptation. And then lastly, Jesus retorts to Satan, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Again, another reference to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter six and verse 13, it says, it is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve and by his name you shall swear. All throughout Jesus's ministry, we see and we read our Lord demonstrating to us time and time again what it looks like to wage effective spiritual battle against Satan. We know from what we read in his word that Jesus prayed, Jesus served, and he fasted. And he fought with the same assurance of the word in his mind and on the tip of his tongue, ready to deploy it against the volleys of Satan. Why? Simply because Jesus knows what it takes to not only survive, but to win in the battle space. And ultimately, he wants you and I to know too. You see, it is a foundational, well-rooted Christian character that provides us with the very strength that we need to fight. To fight in the confusion of battle, in the smoke of warfare, in hunger, in weariness, and even sometimes when we're in physical pain. To quell the enemy's arrows of self-doubt, worry, anxiety, and uncertainty. To push back spiritually as opposed to being pushed around by him and living as if we've been defeated. So let me ask you, let me challenge you today by asking a question. Do we want to win? Are we praying daily and saturating ourselves in the word? Are you prepared? Are you well disciplined in the elements of Christian character? Does your day begin and end with prayer? 
Is there this ongoing conversation between yourself and Christ? Is there a dialogue that's occurring in the days of smoother seas? Or is prayer only a coming when you are surrounded by a circling enemy of circumstance, woe, or trouble? Again, are you in his word? Experiencing his truth of who you are in him, remembering his promises for your life. So when the lies come and the temptations are at your feet, we can volley back, we can fight back, push back, and stand on who we are in Christ and what he has already done for us. And like Krauss, the main character of the movie Greyhound, who relied on his faith to endure the battle that he was facing, torpedo after torpedo, morning, noon, and night, we are all called and equipped to likewise do the same. Again, life is a battle of epic proportions with significant eternal impact. And Christian character is absolutely vital to winning the battles of life. And the third lesson I wanna share with you is this. Battles, struggles, and trials are not to be fought alone. Now, as we talk about this final point, allow me to share with you a quick personal story. Now, most people who know me know that uh, I was a soldier for a long time, and that as a soldier, I deployed to Iraq twice. Now, my very first tour in Iraq, I was an infant into faith, really. I had no clue about what it meant to live by faith. I knew nothing about spiritual warfare. And so I deployed on that first deployment in the most basic spiritual sense, all by myself. I don't remember taking a Bible with me. There wasn't much in the way of prayer or Christian fellowship. The result? Yeah, as you might have guessed, a life in shambles when I returned. I came home broken, confused, and angry, and even at times, self-destructive. And the process of healing and restoration took years and years. Now, on the second tour, some years later, I had grown in my faith, and I'd gotten a little wiser. And as I deployed on that second tour, I sought out other believers immediately for fellowship. Sunday mornings, if we were not out on a mission, We were in the chapel. During the week, several buddies of mine put together our own Bible studies. That second tour in Iraq included tons of fellowship, prayers, and support with a group of other like-minded guys who ate together, worked out together, worshiped, and prayed together. And the result was that I not only came home better than the first time I deployed, but I also came home with the calling on my life that I'm walking out today as one of the pastors in this church. It's such a stark contrast between that first and second deployment that when I told my wife, Kim, that I was being called to full-time ministry, she laughed. Now, I share that story to clearly illustrate this final point I'm talking about, and that's this. We can't fight alone. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 11 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Again, you can't live the Christian life alone all by yourself as an isolated individual. As Christians, we are to hold to the truth that we are a part of the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. And as such, we are tasked with the simple yet seemingly impossible duty of loving each other unconditionally. Not love as an emotion or a feeling, but a conscious decision to simply do good by one another. Let me explain this a little bit further. If I am to claim to you that you are my siblings in Christ, I must desire the absolute best for you and then act on that desire. 
If I am to love you, I am to help you to become the absolute best version of yourself. And for you to commit to love me and to help me to become the absolute best version of myself. And we do that through words of encouragement or acts of kindness. We must continuously strive and work together to build each other up. But as hard as even that is, there's even more. We are, physically and to, we are to be physically and spiritually there for one another as well. Galatians chapter, two, uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So let me ask you, whose burdens are you helping to carry today? Who have you reached out to to encourage? Who have you called this week or sent a text to? Who do you know is in the icy northern Atlantic of trouble, sickness, or despair right now? Who comes to mind that's sailing alone, the enemy circling about them, ask, seeking an opportunity to sink them further? Let me ask it another way. Are we encouraging one another? Are we building one another up? Are we sharpening the people around us? Again, whose burdens are we bearing? You know, there are likely so many people that come to mind who need encouragement, sharpening, and support. But you know, the one that comes to mind right away are our parents and our young children. You see, the enemy sees our young children as soft targets, easy to prey upon, because the devil knows that if he can get our kids, then ultimately, he'll have our parents too. And there's this old saying, and you've likely heard it a million times, it says, it takes a village to raise a child. But you wanna know what I think? I think it takes a church to raise a child. And if anyone needs encouragement and building up, it's our families right now. If anyone needs sharpening today, it's our moms and dads because they literally have got it tough. And if anyone here needs a little burden bearing, it's our parents and our children. In just a week, we're launching Stellar VBS. July 10th through the 14th. Parents, let me just say it, it is a perfect place to equip your children to learn about Jesus to have fun with other kids, to learn themselves that they're going to need others to navigate the icy waters of life, to begin the process of equipping them now to fight the spiritual battles that you and I, we're already facing today. You see, in reality, as the enemy's time grows increasingly short, as we just read a little while ago in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, he will fight with even greater intensity. And our children will likely face spiritual turmoil and trouble and unrest unlike any other generation has ever faced. So then why would we set them sail on the journey of life alone and unprepared? Let me make the invitation. There's an insert in your worship guide right now where you can register yourself to volunteer and to register your child for VBS. Church, life is a battle, one of significant eternal implications. We share that Christian character is absolutely vital to winning the battles of life. And that battles, struggles, and trials are simply not to be fought alone. Now we can acknowledge all three of those things as being absolute truth. But without Jesus as the Lord of your life, you simply won't make it. Crossing the stormy seas of life is impossible. Without Jesus, you don't stand a chance in this epic battle. You see, character that is not bound to eternal life found in Jesus Christ is ultimately a character that leaves you vulnerable, defeated, and ultimately sunk. 
It's very interesting. The Bible teaches us that God would desire that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. The Lord's desire is that we as believers, we, we, we won't take any more casualties, that all of us would sail across the raging, foaming seas of life as tumultuous, as dangerous as it is, but ultimately make it safely to the other side. Friends, the Bible also teaches us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now allow me a final thought from the movie Greyhound. I want you to imagine in your minds for just a few moments an Allied troop transport, World War II, traversing the Northern Atlantic with no escort at all. No naval destroyers on their flanks with radar and sonar scanning both above and below the surface. It would be complete foolishness. Potentially thousands of lost lives, right? But let me ask you this. How often do we sail in the same manner in the Christian life? German U-boats would taunt Commander Krauss and his men by sending radio transmissions like the one in the movie where they said, the gray wolf is hungry. How many of your ships will we sink before we sink you? Friends, today is the day where we decide as a church that Satan, our mutual enemy, is done taunting. And he's done sinking. Why? Simply because we're sailing together as one and we are resolving today that we're gonna be sailing with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for today. Lord, we give you thanks, Lord, for celebrating, Lord, just completing Summer of Impact, and Lord, just the lives that were touched in our community. We give you thanks, Lord, just for our leaders and our volunteers. Lord, we owe it all to you, Lord, because we, as we've discovered in this message, Lord, it is impossible without you. And Lord, I have no doubt, Lord, that as this message was spoken today, Lord, that there are those who are watching online as well as those who are here in person who are facing battles. They are facing battles of epic proportions with significant eternal impact. And yet, Lord, they feel unequipped, they feel defeated, they feel restless, and they don't see a way out. So Father, our prayer is that, Lord, you would equip us, Lord, Equip us, Lord, to stand firm in our faith, knowing and believing, Lord, that you are with us, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. Lord, may we find victory over the struggles that we face, Lord, because you have already paid the price for that victory. We pray for those, Lord, today who might be hearing about you for the very first time. Perhaps they have tried things on their own. They've, they've been fighting on their own for so long and they've discovered, Lord, that it's not meant to be fought alone, but it's to be fought, Lord, through you. And so perhaps they would pray a prayer like this, Lord, forgive me. I've tried my own way and I've failed. But Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would come into my life, Lord, that you would forgive me of my own way, Lord, that you would begin the process, Lord, of working in, within me, Lord, to not only have victory over the battles in which I face, but also to have eternal life. Father, we just thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for the work that is being done, Lord, here and in our community. We just give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.